Welcome to the Flourishing Therapreneur Podcast, a podcast that equips therapists to thrive in business, expand their reach, and create flourishing and meaningful lives, both personally and professionally. I'm your host, Claire Blakey. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist in private practice. I believe in being a multi-passionate therapist. You can have a thriving, financially impactful business, be a leader in the community, and also a business entrepreneur. You don't have to choose, and your impact as a clinician can go beyond the therapy room. I believe that you can be a therapist and an entrepreneur, a therapreneur, and I believe that every therapist deserves the tools, community, and resources to build thriving businesses and flourishing lives. I pair my passion and previous career in PR, marketing, and blogging with my education and experience as a clinician to equip therapists like you who are multi-passionate and wanting to pursue additional opportunities to grow your skill set and expand your reach. So what are we waiting for? Let's get going. Let's create impact and build flourishing lives and businesses we're proud of. Here we go. We go to Google for everything from recipes to answers to our most burning questions. But did you know that many people are also looking for therapists on Google? SEO or search engine optimization is the number one way many therapists get clients. And you can learn how to optimize your website for search engines too. This spring, I enrolled in Optimize Your Practice, Therapy SEO's signature group coaching program for therapists who want to learn SEO. Although SEO can get super technical and complicated, Christy Platinga, Therapy SEO's founder, made it super accessible, and I've already implemented things that I've learned in the program. So if you're tired of wondering where your next clients are coming from, Head to optimizeyourpractice.com slash waitlist to get more information about how learning SEO can transform your private practice. Hi, Christine. Welcome to the Flourishing Therapreneur Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here today. Do you want to take a moment and just introduce yourself and to the audience so they have a sense of who you are? Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, love your message. Love all the stuff that you're sharing. And yeah, it's really exciting to be here. But Uh, I'm Christy Plantinga. I'm the founder of Therapy SEO. Uh, We are an SEO and content marketing agency for therapists and coaches. Yeah, I've been doing it for a few years now and I've just been so thrilled with the response and I definitely see or notice that there's been a need for really helpful SEO work and instruction. Um, What's kind of cool, a little nerdy SEO fact, when I started Therapy SEO, SEO for therapists was searched 40 times per month. And now including all of the other keyword variants, which you know about, uh, having <laughs> been a former Optimize Your Practice member, it's about 200 searches a month now. Wow. Yeah, pretty cool. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah. And so I know we'll kind of go into the weeds of SEO in a second, but I know I also want to hear more about your journey because I think who you are as a human and who you are behind your brand is so important for people to understand and get to know and the why behind it. Um, but before we do that, can you just break down like what SEO is? Cause I'm imagining some people clicked play and kind of don't know what it is. So if we could just break it down real quick. And then I want to hear more about your story. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I think any therapist that has a private practice has probably heard, you know, the letters SEO thrown around and just have this like, I should do that. And they just have no clue <laughs> what it is, where to start. Um, add it to the so, list. <laughs> yeah, right. It's just add to the massive list of things to do when you're starting a private practice. But SEO is search engine optimization. And it's the process that we go through to rank your website higher on search engines like Google. A lot of different things go into that, um, which I'm happy you know, to break down a little further so everyone can get started today. That's listening. It's the best. And I'm excited also to talk about why people should do it or maybe shouldn't. You know, it's like I'm very much in the camp of I think a lot of therapists go through this period of marketing overwhelm when they start a practice. Mm -hmm. And then they're just like, I should do this. I should do this. I should do this. And it's like, well, you shouldn't do anything. You know, let's think about what works for your strengths, what's going to be sustainable, all that kind of stuff. I think SEO offers that to a lot of people, but there's a process you can go through to kind of ask yourself, is this going to be a good thing for me? Yeah, no, that's great. And thank you for breaking that down because yeah, you're right. As business owners and therapists and private practice, there are a lot of things on the to-do list or on the radar of a, Hey, I need to educate myself. I need to learn this. Um, and I appreciate how, you know, simplified you make it in terms of just like breaking down the logisticals. Um, but with every endeavor and especially with the concept of the flourishing therapreneur, there is this kind of heartbeat of being multi-passionate and, um, I'm imagining some people that are listening are listening because they want to improve their private practice or they want to maybe get more referrals or more visibility. Uh, but for others, I mean, part of this podcast too is also encouraging entrepreneurship and dreaming of other endeavors, kind of similar to how I have this podcast and courses. And so maybe that's also the reason to pursue SEO or the reason to expand their knowledge in that way. Um, but would you mind just kind of sharing a little bit about your story and like how you even became passionate about this and specifically because you're so niche with mm -hmm. therapists. So why therapists and how did you find this career path? Yeah. So I was in the old soul, big heart, good listener to therapist pipeline, as I'm sure many of the listeners are today. <laughs> um, and it was, I just knew early on in my life that that's, you know, what I wanted to do. It's what I was going to be good at. Um, so I got a degree in psychology in college, loved it, you know, but by the time I reached the end of college, I was just like not ready <laughs> to go down that path and help other people. Like, I think I was kind of the person who wanted to be a therapist because I needed therapy. Like, I think I was one of those <laughs> and yeah. not to say that it's like therapists shouldn't be therapists if they need therapy, but I just knew for me, it wasn't the right thing. Again, mm. loved the field, but wasn't good for me at the time. So I took some time off and was just thinking about, you know, what am I good at? What am I going to make a career out of? What do I enjoy? Um, and I always came back to writing. You know, my favorite people in the world growing up were English teachers. Like, I just loved writing. It was so fun for me. Um, so I went to get a master's in written communication. And it was more like a technical writing, teaching of writing kind of program but within that, I got really um, interested in websites and user experience. And somewhere in there, I stumbled upon marketing. It was crazy to me. It's like I didn't even know, like, really that was a thing. Yeah. Um, like, I was doing a little bit of it for small businesses, but 
didn't really think like I could make a career just out of marketing and then writing lends itself so well to SEO. So I just kind of fell into it. Someone hired me after my master's. I don't know why. <laughs> like I had no, like no formal experience in any of this stuff. Um, but they hired me. And so I just dove right in and no one has a degree in SEO. Like it's definitely one of those things you just kind of learn by reading and experimenting. And I always knew deep down, I wanted to start my own thing. I wanted the freedom. Um, I think for me, you know, as a woman, someone who wants kids one day, I didn't want to have to choose. And I was like, I'm going to kick ass with both. <laughs> like, yeah, I want both of those things. <laughs> um, so I always knew I wanted to start my own thing. And also, because at a certain point, I was doing this for someone else. And I was like, I can do this. You know, why am I working for someone else? if I can totally do this on my own. So I thought for two seconds about what I wanted to do and who I wanted to work with. And it's just therapists, of course. You know, it's like, yeah. I love yeah, yeah. the mental health field. I love working with therapists. They're just great to work with good people. Um, it's just really nice because often marketing, you don't work with the best clients and they can be kind of like mean or disrespectful or okay. just don't trust you. And it's a really, really bad environment to do marketing in because you don't trust the person that you're working with, you know, that's probably not going to go well. But I maintain that I think when people are investing in marketing, it's not necessarily about fear of who they're working with, but fear of investing in themselves. So it's kind of interesting to like go through that process with people, um, yeah. you know, to really be like, do you trust yourself? Do you trust that like this is going to work and this is going to be a good thing for you? Do you want to take a risk, you know, on you? And business is all about taking risks. So yeah, very interesting, but done this for a few years now. It's so, so fun. I love being able to be in this world, but then I just think therapists are so amazing. Like active listening for like multiple hours a day. It's just like a crazy thing to me. Um, so I just, you know, having gone through therapy myself, um, coaching myself as well, it's just changed my life. So being able to help other people do that, who I know are, you know, great at what they do and just ethical in a lot of ways and how they treat people and they're not spreading these hateful messages. Um, it's, incredible. You know, I'm, I'm so fortunate to be here. So, oh, well, I love hearing your story because well, for so many different reasons, one, it's just nice to know more of like the humanist behind like what you do and like your heartbeat for your business, but also because like with the concept of the flourishing therapeneur, you know, a lot of people that are listening are in private practice or want private practice, but a lot of people also want, you know, to pivot or to change their mind or to have the courage to pursue their multi-passionate endeavors, or maybe, you know, have reached a season in their life where you realize, Hey, I don't know if I want to do one-on-one -on -one, um, mm -hmm. therapy anymore, or maybe I want to diversify my income, or maybe I want to take a pause completely from being a therapist. And so mm -hmm. I really value hearing stories of people like yours, where you share like, Hey, like I, I can still care about the world of therapy. I can still impact the world of therapy and it might look a little different and it might be more congruent to who you are and what you want out of your life. And I think I've heard from so many therapists that, you know, sometimes they reach a spot where they realize it isn't for them, but they're too scared to mm. um, maybe pivot or to dream up a different endeavor. So I really just love hearing your story in that regard too, because it gives courage and inspiration and encouragement to um, people that are listening, that there's other ways you can impact the mental health field. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, the skills that you have as a therapist are incredible and obviously makes you a great therapist, but also there's so many different careers, especially with the dawn of the internet, honestly, like so many, you know, consulting options, teaching options, um, coaching options, like there are just so many things, even professional content creators, like some people are just therapists turned content creators. So yeah, I think it's a great message because, you know, you're, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in debt, and then it's like, how dare I think that this isn't for me? You know, it's too late, quote unquote. And I don't think it is like, I think we can change your mind whenever because mm-hmm. um, our degrees offer way more than just qualification, you know? Yeah, definitely. I love that message. I love that reminder. Um, well, I feel like we should get into the nitty gritty of SEO. I feel like we could just talk about life over coffee and um, entrepreneurship, which I think is still an important message. So maybe you'll have to come back and we can deepen what it's actually like to be, you know, a business owner and entrepreneurship in that regard too. But I'm imagining people that are listening are, you know, driving in their car, maybe they're on their way to work and they're like, okay, I need to learn SEO. So what would you describe as like the importance of SEO? And if you kind of lay that foundation of why does it matter? Such a good question. And this is definitely something I consult with people about all the time. Um, And I will say first for the multi-passionate folks, SEO is great for supporting that because as long as your ideal client is the same, you're bringing in those people through Mm -hmm. keywords that we choose. So you really can pivot whenever you want. It's like, if you work with, you know, postpartum or, you know, anxious millennial professionals, as long as that stays the same, you can pivot in your delivery whenever, Mm -hmm. you know? So, but I guess why it's important. I think SEO, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I think SEO is for the business owner, the therapist who's ready to invest in the future and doesn't want to just pay ads and they don't want to be forced into the Instagram hustle if they don't like it. They don't want to depend on psychology today over or forever. Um, and maybe, you know, they don't like networking and like, you know, all of these traditional, you know, forms of marketing, which are all valid in their own ways. Absolutely. But I think SEO, it basically stands this test of time, right? So we create a piece of content. It's on the internet as long as your websites are up. It's probably going to be ranking for the keywords we want very well for a long time, unless if someone creates better content than us, and then we just have to improve our content. So when we think about that compared to Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. It's like your stories are for 24 hours. Maybe your reels take off. Maybe they're viral for a couple weeks or whatever. Um, so the time investment we put into the, the pieces of content and the links we try to build to our website to build up our authority those stand the test of time. So Mm -hmm. it's also a great way, I think, to maximize time. I'm very protective of my client's time. Um, And so I'm always just thinking of ways it's like, how can we make this hour of work we're doing, this effort, this piece of content last you for years to come? Yeah. You know, like we said, private practice owners become like so many different things overnight that they're really ill-prepared for because of their education. So I think SEO helps therapists lay a solid foundation. So they just don't have to worry about marketing anymore. Right. Cause once you're ranking well, it's kind of just like a matter of upkeep that's really minimal. So I think it just alleviates that pressure over time, but it's really, I think just about the bravery 
and the trust you have in the people you work with and yourself to say, I'm doing this. You know, I don't want, I want to focus on what I'm doing. And of course, marketing is part of having a business. We can't get out of it. You know, like I think some therapists think they can get out of it. And I'm like, bad news. <laughs> you know, like you can't. It's just sets such a good foundation for the future of your business, including if you want to pivot. So, yeah. Well, I love that reminder because. Um, something I often talk about when I'm in consultations with people or through the podcast is making decisions that your future self will thank you for. And that can be personally and professionally. Um, but when I, you know, walk through people through, you know, starting a private practice and their goals, you don't just look at like the first year, you look at where do you want to be in five years? Where do you want to be in 10 years? Because if you're not taking those like steps, it's, you're not going to really reach that goal. And so I really appreciate what SEO kind of stands for and the concepts behind it. And even as you named, you know, there are lots of other ways to market. There is the world of Instagram. There is the world of paid ads, but I empathize. And I agree with that. Like there is a hustle that comes with Instagram and a very short term relevancy. <laughs> and, um, and also that piece of, if you're pouring time and energy into content, do you want forever content that's going to forever get you traction? Or do you want, like you said, a 24 hour content, maybe a viral reel that, you know, at the end of the day, you've spent hours and hours <laughs> creating that daily. Yeah. And so, but I also think that's really important with the concept of the flourishing therapeneur, because it's all about our humanness and honoring who we are as a human. And it's not just about building a business. It's about building a flourishing business. And the definition of flourish is really like having the ideal environment for something to grow successfully. And so if someone, you know, not to say that you can't still pursue Instagram or you can't still pursue other opportunities, but if that's going to instead like lead to burnout, lead to overwhelm, lead to Mm -hmm. um, what I call like, you know, like time debt, or like, you're not able to have the schedule that you want because you are like on the grind of you know, needing to do so much output. Is that really a flourishing business or is that just a business that's repeating the cycle that you learned in your clinical hours at an agency of burnout and maxing out your days and um, being unbalanced and maybe not prioritizing the humanness of you of needing to see friends, needing to work out or go on vacation or live a balanced life. And so I get really excited about SEO. And I think I shared on the uh, promo that people probably had listened to that I've done your course and I still have some pending homework items that I need to. It's a lot. <laughs> I won't lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. There's a lot to do. <laughs> I didn't get an A. Let's just say that. No, <laughs> no. I was like, an A student either. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the piece of just like knowing that there's something that you can work on and propel yourself towards that's going to have a future impact and a current impact. Um, and I love that about SEO and I feel like there's still so much for me to learn and explore. So I'm wondering though, if we could kind of transition into thinking about like, what are SEO myths? Like, I think in the way that you describe what SEO is, I'm sure people kind of have like general stereotypes or preconceived notions. So what do you tend to notice therapists, you know, kind of hesitations or thoughts or assumptions about SEO? Yeah. I think what's interesting about these myths around SEO, therapists often bring in this baggage they naturally have from their education and being in this really kind of broken mental health system. So I think they bring a lot of that 
the limited mindset and a lot of, you know, I've been talking about fear a lot <laughs> today, which I don't normally, but, you know, a lot of the fear around making, you know, a decision, like anyone who's listening to this podcast, anyone who's on this entrepreneurial journey, anyone, everyone who's tired of like the martyrdom in this industry, they're doing this, like they're here, they're listening. Um, you know, in the same way, I wouldn't ask my mom who's a teacher to fix the education system. <laughs> you know, it's like, why are we putting the weight of therapists on that? But I do think a lot of that, you know, just unfortunate baggage, they think all therapists at one point carry SEO does feel like this kind of checklist to item that makes them feel like they're going to be okay a lot of the time. Yeah. You know, it's like when I have clients who are just like, oh my gosh, I raised my fees or someone dropped off and they're just like frantically updating all of their website content. Mm. I think there is that kind of urgency that comes in sometimes, but I guess the first thing I want to say, like I've mentioned before, SEO might not be for you and that's okay. Mm. You know, it is a lot of the work up front. And if you don't feel like you have the time or energy to put it in, maybe it's a next year thing. Maybe it's a three years, nothing. Maybe it's not an everything, you know, some therapists, like don't really think need marketing after a certain point, like after they've built their reputation, they're good, <laughs> you know? So SEO is kind of the way of getting your practice off the ground, always ensuring you have a stream of clients coming in. So I think that's the first thing. Second, I think a lot of therapists think SEO is a one and done kind of mm -hmm. thing. Um, I will say that the work is very front loaded. Um, so a lot of the work you do in the beginning, it's like, awesome, you did it, amazing. The worst is behind you kind of thing. <laughs> and it's just a matter of upkeep, right? So, but I do think it's treated like this checklist thing. And you can have your checklist of, I posted three Instagram posts or, you know, I met with one therapist this month to have like a referral type situation, but SEO just doesn't fit into that. Like I said, it's, it's a process. Um, it takes time, you know, and it doesn't kick in right away. Absolutely not. Like I have some, typically my clients are getting clients within three months of doing some of this stuff, but for some of my clients, it takes them like 18 months to really hit page one for these major keywords. But mm -hmm. when they're there, they never have to worry about clients again. Wow. Yeah. And I can imagine so many people that are listening, like if they are curious about expanding their marketing and maybe they are seeing a deficit or a decrease in clients, that kind of thought process of, wow, like literally people are just Googling and they find me right away. It sounds such a relief and so exciting. Yeah. The security, I think like the peace of mind that just comes with that is so huge. You know, I yeah. think at least one of the big, biggest killers of my own creativity is urgency, frantic energy, you know? And I think that just kind of makes us make these kind of rash, maybe not great for our business decisions. And also it's terrible for our mental health. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can't tell yeah. you how many times, like, I'm sure we've all woken up in the middle of the night, just like, oh my gosh, did I make the right decision? Am I doing this? Who do I think mm -hmm. I am? Like all of those kinds of thoughts just rushing <laughs> over us. But I think SEO provides a security mm -hmm. um, for just that feeling, you know, so you don't have to have that weighing on you because being in business, being a private practice, busting out of this mold is hard enough. Yeah, no, I, if there's something about how you describe it, that feels like, like you kind of, how you said you front load, like there's a lot of work at the beginning, but there's something about the way you describe SEO and the benefits of it 
that feel kind of like, oh, I can relax. Like where I think of when you think about like content creation for social media or things like that, it's like things are constantly changing and there's like this game and then there's the engagement and then you need to reply and then you need to do this to stay relevant. And, you know, but I, what I hear with SEO is like, you know, this kind of like we talked about before, like making a decision that does require a lot of work, but your future self is going to thank you for the you in six months when you have you take on associates and you want to fill their, you know, spots or like, oh yeah, I have a great, you know, referral stream because people just find me. I don't even have to go to all the networking events. Of course you probably still will. Cause you'll want to make friends and of all of that, but it takes the pressure off and it, it really lets you, um, yeah. Like just kind of ease into enjoying your business. Yeah. What's that like, right? What's <laughs> yeah. the goal, right? It takes a while to get there, no doubt. Yeah. But with a lot of these other forms of marketing, if you stop swimming, you sink, right? With SEO, not like that. You yeah. Know, yeah. And you can't ignore it for years, right? Like that's not how it works. You have to do this really basic upkeep, but I think it does provide obviously that security. And also if you have plans to expand to a group practice, all of a sudden, it's not just you anymore needing clients. You have one, two, three, five, ten people all of a sudden to get clients for. And when you just have, you know, they're coming. Like, you know, you can look at your, you know, analytics on your website. We know how many people are searching for XYZ every month. It's all data based. So it actually enables you to make really solid, well thought out business decisions. You're like, okay, well, if I know therapist for anxiety in San Diego search 50 times per month, I maybe count on like X percent of those clicks and that percent of people converting. Yeah. And it just, these data backed decisions, I think add even more security mm. um, to those kinds of things. So Yeah, totally. Okay. Well, I'm thinking someone that's listening is like, okay, Christy, like you have convinced me I'm ready to start. Uh, let's get going. And I know you have your um, program that I got to do. Um, so people can always keep an eye out for that for future enrollment periods. Um, but what are like tangible things for the listeners today of like how to get started, how to even get their toes wet into the world of SEO? Yeah. And I think that's important because before a lot of people who work with me, they've kind of tried to DIY things like they'll piece together all these articles. They listen to this podcast. Um, it's good to experiment before you commit for sure. But I think what happens is most of my clients quickly get overwhelmed because it's like a whole new language, right? It's a whole new thing. Although it's very creative, it does involve just some technical knowledge as you can attest to. But I think the things that I would tell every therapist to start with one, do some basic keyword research. There's a really good Chrome extension that I like to use. It's from Surfer SEO, and it'll generate all these suggestions for you on your keywords. You just kind of like put your best guess into Google, and then it'll, you know, populate all these suggestions for you. So at least having a list of keywords to target, because I think another SEO myth is people like, well, just put therapist in my website and it'll be fine. Right. And it's like, well, no, (laughs) really quickly, because I feel like I have a good sense of what keywords are, but for the average person, and I always have to remind myself, like, because I have a background in like PR and marketing and, and you know, blogging and things like that. So I like love this kind of stuff, but not everyone does or has had the experience of even creating their own website or, you know, like all of those things can sometimes feel really daunting. So when you're saying keyword to really break it down, what are keywords? Yeah, that's, thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> um, so keywords 
are either one or a string of words that people use, they put into the Google search bar and they use to find all sorts of things. You know, like the things we've searched on Google, it's hilarious. Like having, I, I can see like what people search for using my own tools and it's, it's just hilarious sometimes, but that's what we do, right? Like we go to Google for everything. So, you know, recipes, um, when was Kanye West born, you know, but also therapists, like therapist in San Diego, that's a keyword. Um, therapist for code dependency, that's a keyword. How to improve my self-esteem. That's a keyword. So by identifying the ones that our clients are searching for that we know, because we're professionals, we're subject matter experts, like you'll probably be able to come up with a lot of this stuff just on your, on your own, using your intuition paired with a tool that has the data to back it up. So we want to find keywords to create content around them so then our clients can find us. Awesome. Okay. So that feels really doable. And I'm imagining people that are listening can very quickly even begin to kind of brainstorm. Okay. For example, I live in Santa Barbara. So therapist in Santa Barbara, I specialize in perinatal mental health. So therapist specializes in postpartum depression, therapist that specializes in birth trauma, you know, that type of concept. Yeah. Just list out a bunch of stuff, take some time, sit down, get a Google doc open or whatever, and just do a, like a brain dump of all the things that the things that you address, the things that your clients tell you consistently, um, and just start from there. So again, it gets very technical. Um, it can get technical, you know, as you know, having gone into this a little deeper, but just starting out just a little basic keyword research, get, get a little list going. So at least, you know, okay, I need to create a piece of content around this keyword. Well, something that this brings up for me, and I'm sure I know you kind of speak into this in your course and other pieces, but really the piece of making sure that if you are in private practice or you are a business owner, that you know who your ideal client is, not just where you live. 101. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because a lot of these keywords are really specific. It's not just, and I think that's something that a lot of therapists sometimes find themselves doing, like you look at psychology today or different things. It's very generic bios of, I treat everyone. You're welcome here, which is important to say and important to be like very open. Um, but that's not going to necessarily help you when it comes to keywords or ranking. Is that correct? Or like, what would you say in terms of highlighting your ideal client, whether that be through blog posts or through the copy that you write on your page, mm -hmm. or how can we kind of fine tune this for people that are listening? Yeah. So two things I think about one is finding obviously aligned clients, like we've been mentioning, um, because <laughs> I'm sure we've all had people in a panic be like, I need therapy. And it's like, okay, well, who are you? <laughs> you know, let's talk about if we're actually a good fit. So through SEO, we can kind of have people qualify themselves on our website. And if we're targeting them using keywords that are specific to them, it kind of like removes some of that. So by the time you're on a consult call, it's not this whole like, oh, well, you're not even in the age range that I like to help. You know, like we eliminate some of that, but also the more general keywords are also just more competitive. You know, like therapist in Los Angeles or therapist in Houston, that's a really long-term goal. Like that might take you a year and a half, two years to even break page one for that stuff. But that's just being honest. And you can probably get there with Google business, which we can talk about. Um, but the more niche keywords, 
are just easier to rank for. So yet another reason to get clear on who these people are and do a little keyword research so you can just make progress quicker. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's such a helpful uh, reminder. And whether that be for, like you said, for SEO, whether that be for your content for Instagram or for social media, like all of it relates, all of it applies. So is there anything else? Like you mentioned keywords as like a, a stepping stone or a place to get their feet wet. Is there anything else they can do to get started? Is there anything else they can like do to learn more, whether from you or just through um, SEO in general? Yeah, I think, um, again, there are lots of different tools, amazing articles out there, and you can get kind of like bits and pieces. But I do think if you're serious about SEO, you should be investing in some sort of program, consultant, someone who's doing it for you so you can see the whole the whole picture. Like that's, you, you can't half-ass SEO, I guess is <laughs> what I'm trying to say. You can't be like, oh, I found these keywords and I put them on my about page. Like it'll all be fine, yeah. right? No, it won't be. <laughs> like maybe if you're in a very small area and you don't have a lot of competition, sure, probably. But, you know, it's really just keywords are like level zero of this stuff, right? Like it's the foundation. It's an important foundation, but it's just the foundation. So I think the next step would just be creating high quality content around those keywords. See how that goes. Um, what is high quality content? Give us an example question. Sorry. I have to like break it down. Cause I'm like, I really want people to have like a really clear sense because yeah. a lot of communication and marketing stuff just doesn't tend to come naturally, or maybe isn't something that we've been taught. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, as a former, well, I guess you still do marketing. Yeah. You're like marketing all of your stuff now and blogging stuff like that. Um, I think high quality content is informative, like in marketing, different types of content have different purposes, you know, to convert, to attract, to whatever. But SEO's purpose is typically to inform because people are asking question-based things or they're doing research on who they want to hire for this very, very personal decision, right? So we want to inform them and we can't really inform people with 300 words of generic, like, I am a therapist. Are you feeling sad? I can help you helping anyone, right? So really breaking down different topics that typically comes with just a higher word count. Um, I like to say a minimum a thousand words, which I know sounds scary, but really it's not that much. Like every mm-hmm. therapist has a master's degree. Like, I don't want to hear it. You know how to write. <laughs> you know how to write research papers. <laughs> exactly. And with the same sort of, you know, research paper type thing, link to sources that would be helpful. You know, the whole mm-hmm. point I think is to create content that's bookmarkable, to create content that you share with your friends, right? Because I know personally, I've bookmarked different things from therapists and I come back to them and I read them when I need a reminder, when I need education, when I'm going to have a conversation with someone, I reference it, you know, and it's like creating content isn't just good for getting clients, you're also making your practice more accessible by offering this amazing free advice as someone with degree and all these credentials and this experience and all this stuff, creating high quality content actually helps you make a difference in a way that no one really tells you about, you know, like you could change someone's life for the blog post. And I know that sounds dramatic, but I stand by it. That's one of the things I love about blogging and about writing books and all those kind of things is like, you can reach someone at 3 AM, you know, in the trenches of like, do I have you know, OCD, do I have insomnia? What's going on? Like I have so much anxiety right now. Like 
And so it is really fascinating. It's also really incredible to, to see that impact be like a ripple effect. And I think that's what a lot of therapists that are listening to this are wanting is like impact outside of the therapy room or, mm-hmm. you know, reaching more people to come into the therapy room too. Yeah. yeah agreed. Yeah. Well, this is all so exciting. I just, I really value what who you are first and foremost. And I just appreciate the friendship that we've started to grow and that I've gotten to do your course and learn from you in that way, but also really value that you're here today and really offering um, this opportunity for listeners to get a glimpse of what SEO is, to break down the myths, to empower, um, you know, just that conversation around investing in yourself, investing in your business and also the future business that you want to Um, And also just the piece of what we've already talked about, but how SEO really creates a little bit more um, congruency and balance in your schedule if done right. And I know you mentioned, yes, at the beginning, there's a lot of, you know, front loading of work and time, but the goal being um, really to to benefit and to help your your business flourish and grow. Um, So I'm wondering just for anyone else that maybe also has this question, when you name front loading time, give me an example. So like something I've been talking to a lot of clients about, um, in the world of private practice, business development is using what we call like the summer slump, which tends to be like maybe a quieter season, depending on your population. I work in eating disorders. So summer is actually really busy (laughs) because body image is such a thing in the summer, especially a lot more up. Um, but for those of us that have businesses and maybe populations that tend to dwindle in the summer, people are on vacation and they're trying to be mindful of how can I use this additional downtime, not just to, you know, not grow my business, but to maybe work on the things that I wouldn't normally work on. So if they're thinking, okay, I'm listening to this, it's early August and I'm ready to use the rest of this month to get my feet wet in SEO. So what would you say front loading time looks like? Does that mean like 10 hours a week? Does that mean like, give us an example of like what people can expect? Cause maybe they're not in the season right now to do it, or maybe they're listening to this episode and it's they're in their prime time, their private practice is full. They don't really have extra bandwidth, but maybe they can earmark that for, Hey, the holidays will come up and in the holidays I'll work on it then. So what can they expect in terms of front loading? Yeah, that's a great idea. And I think we forget that the majority of businesses are seasonal. You know, it's like, we're like, oh, but I'm not a tourist shop and, you know, the <laughs> shore, so my business isn't seasonal, but it's like, yeah, your business probably is seasonal. It's very normal, right? So being able to supplement your time with these business development activities, because it's really hard to multitask or um, I guess task switch as a therapist, because you go from this really heavy active listening, totally different, like part of your brain to, okay, time to write content. Like it's so jarring, (laughs) right? So I think being able to batch your time a little bit is really helpful. Um, So I think, you know, in my program, I try to say, you know, the first two weeks, I recommend five hours a week, you know, just like really set aside, aside the time to do that. But as we get like the big stuff done, the work gets way lighter. So it's going to be at the point where it's like, we're still building stuff, maybe two hours a week, three hours a week. Um, I think if I could really, you know, decide what my clients did, I would say, yeah, like probably seven hours a week for the first two weeks. And then keeping in mind, you're going to be creating content for a while. And it's best not to like, you know, stay motivated, stay on top of it, but don't force it, you know, and it's not there. Like whenever I feel myself for, forcing writing, full stop. 
It's going to take forever. It could take me an hour, really, if I'm in the zone, or it could take me 10 of me just kind of like dicking around because I don't feel motivated. <laughs> so it's like follow your energy for sure. Um, I would say a piece of content takes like two to three hours to create. Um, and then all the keywords you find are going to dictate how much content you create. So I think it's more by task of what you do. Um, and how many things you want to address on your website, I think. Awesome. It's more accurate. Yeah. So where can people find you? How can they connect with you if they want to learn more um, about your offerings or just start following you to get tips and tricks? Like where, where can they find you? Yeah. Well, obviously my website, I have a blog. You can start there. I have some free or very cheap resources on my online shop. Probably the best thing to do is just sign up for my email list um, at the time of this recording, I'm not super active on Instagram. <laughs> um, so I'm definitely sharing more stuff through my email list. Cause part of it is SEO is pretty dense. So it's hard to give like, you know, these like quick tips cause I can, and I can like name a bunch, but I think, you know, email for me is just a better delivery method for the things that I'm teaching. So email lists would be the absolute best way to go. I'll share resources with you along the way. Um, I think that's a great way to get started. Awesome. And I'm going to include all the links um, in the show notes. So that way people can just quickly follow through and just find your website and all the pieces, or because you have great SEO, they can just search and they will find you right SEO away. For <laughs> Number one, baby. I'll be <laughs> and also explains why you don't use Instagram as much because you don't need to, because yeah, I really, and that's, you know, like we'll, we'll plug right there. Like I really don't need Instagram. Yeah. And that is, sounds like such a freeing concept, especially for those of us that have started to get into the trenches of it, where you're like, wow, this is time consuming. Yeah, that'd um, be nice. Cause some weeks you're feeling it, some weeks you're not, and that's yeah. normal and that's okay. And that's why SEO in the background, it's kind of a nice thing to have. I love it. Well, Christy, thank you so much for your time. This has been such a fun conversation and just really appreciate, I feel like some of the best businesses are birthed out of seeing a need. And I think you kind of named that at the beginning when you pivoted in your career and you just started to think about what am I passionate about? Who do I want to impact? And really what you're giving therapists is essential and there isn't enough of it. And so really grateful to have you on the podcast today, just really sharing your wisdom and your expertise. And just thank you for being that beacon of light for therapists to know that it is possible to rank and it is possible to not live a hustle, <laughs> spread thin business life. So thank you so much for just reminding us of that um, and just for who you are and how you show up. I really appreciate this conversation. Thank you. It's been an honor. It's an honor to help, you know, whoever's listening and my clients already. So thank you. So you want to launch a private practice, but you don't know where to begin. Well, you are in luck. Our signature course, Flourishing in Private Practice, is coming October 2022. This 12-hour self-paced course is perfect if you are a pre-licensed student, trainee, associate, or even a licensed therapist that is wanting to learn more about strengthening your private practice or curious to take the leap from agency to being your own boss. This course will walk you through all the steps from the basics of setting up your business structure, creating your brand, building your reputation in the field, and strengthening your systems to help your business flourish. This course is filled to the brim with tangible examples, 
templates, and structure to help your business thrive and for you to grow and flourish personally and professionally. If this is you and you are wanting in, go to our website at theflourishingtherapreneur.com to join our waitlist to be the first to know when the doors open. We also have a free download on our website called 10 Steps to Starting a Private Practice, and it's available for you today. So if you're wanting to get started sooner or dip your feet into the idea, don't wait another moment. Thank you for tuning in to the Flourishing Therapreneur podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review as that helps other clinicians and therapreneurs find our community and thrive through our offerings. Want to take your business a step further? Visit theflourishingtherapreneur.com or our Instagram with the same handle. Connect with our free community or sign up for an upcoming course to help cultivate your thriving business and endeavors so you can flourish personally and professionally. Until next time, I'm your host, Claire Blakey, and I believe you deserve to flourish as a therapreneur.